Was Jesus canceling the laws of Moses and rewriting and inventing another religion? No. Jesus says very clearly, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest marking in the law of Moses will pass away because I haven't come to abolish it, I've come to fulfill it. And so we need to understand that what Jesus is doing and saying, yeah, you can pick grain and eat on the Shabbat, is he's not saying you don't have to rest anymore in the Shabbat, the Sabbath doesn't matter. He's saying man's ability to eat and survive is more important than his making sure that in the appearance of the people around him, he's not doing anything that could be considered work. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We're a Jew and a Gentile who both believe in Jesus and believe that there's value in looking at history as well as today's world in the headlines through both a Jewish and a Christian lens. Today we're going to actually take a listener question that was sent in about why Jewish people go to synagogue on Saturday and why Christians go to church on Sunday and look at the Bible to talk about why that is. But before we get started, we want to let you know about an opportunity to partner with us. If you've listened to some of our past episodes, you know that we help Jewish people all around the world in some of the most remote parts of the world. We bring physical care to them as well as spiritual care, and you can help partner with us in doing that. There's more details on our website, a Jew and a Gentile discussed And as a thank you for partnering with us, we want to send you some of our own coffee, which is called the Lost Tribes Coffee. It's sourced directly from Ethiopia, where we have worked for several years. If you stay to the end of this podcast, you can enter for a chance to win that coffee for free. So let's discuss. So, Ezra, like I said, this was a question sent in, uh, which I think is a good question. Sometimes uh, I think there's some of these vague questions we have about the Bible and we just don't take the time to really figure it out. And it's just kind of confusing. But, you know, okay, yeah, not that important to my day to day life. Um, So let's start with the why do Jewish people meet on Saturdays, even even now, you know, whether you live in a very Jewish community, you might see people doing things on Saturdays or Fridays that are not something that you're used to doing. So does it go back to something in the Bible on why Jewish people go to a synagogue or congregation on a Saturday? Right. And just to add a little meat to the bone there, Carly, I think, you know, the normative Jewish experience among what we can call observant Jewish communities, you know, people, and there's all different forms and branches of Judaism, just like there's all different denominations and sub-denominations in Christianity. But if people are going to a Jewish house of worship, a synagogue, a congregation of whatever form, and it's meeting weekly, Chances are, more than chances are, uh, almost in every case, it's going to meet sometime between a Friday evening and a Saturday midday. Now, why is that? And we need to go back actually to Genesis 1 and 2. And we have to remember the concept of Shabbat or the Jewish Sabbath. Shabbat is a word in Hebrew that means rest. It means ceasing. And actually, if you go to Israel, my wife's from Israel, if you look at the calendar in Israel, the weekly calendar, starting on Sunday, it's called day one. Like literally, that's the name. It's, it's the first day. Uh, we don't, they don't have like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Sunday is the first day. And Monday is called the second day. And you get all the way to the sixth day. And then the seventh day isn't called the seventh day. It's called Shabbat. It's just understood right on in the Israel. calendar. It yeah, says that? on the calendar, it says the three letters in Hebrew that spell out Shabbat, and it means ceasing. 
and it's just understood that part of the Jewish rhythm of life week after week is this idea that we get way back in the first two chapters of the Torah, or if you will, for our Christian audience, the Old Testament and the Bible, uh, that talks about the idea that God took six days to make the heavens and the earth. We all know the story, whether you're from a Jewish or a Christian audience background. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And kind of Bible trivia, the first thing ever that God called holy, that he called kadosh, completely set apart for him, was the Shabbat. It wasn't man. It wasn't the stars in the heavens. It wasn't the you know birds and beasts and creeping things that he created. He said, all of those things are good. And when he made man, he said, it's very good. But the first thing he called holy, kadosh, was, was the Shabbat, was the Sabbath day or the seventh day of the week, uh, because on it he ceased from all of his work that he had done. And so right there you have this idea that the Sabbath is set apart. And when God creates through Abraham, Abraham Isaac, and Jacob a people called Israel and then takes them out of Egypt, out of centuries of slavery, and says, I'm taking you out so that you can worship me. Where do we get that idea from? Moses said, let my people go that they may worship me. And Moses is speaking on behalf of God in that kind of prophetic way there. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, the Lord says, the God of Israel says, let my people go. Why? So that they can worship me. Okay, so they're delivered from slavery. They walk through the Red Sea. They're now at Sinai and they're getting all these commandments, namely the Ten Commandments and then 603 other sub-commandments that talk about how do we love God and love one another as God's holy people. And one of those commandments, the fourth commandment to be specific, is honor the Shabbat, honor the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week, and keep it holy. And we see that actually in Exodus Uh, chapter 31. I'll just read two verses here, Carly, from uh, verse 16 and 17. God says through Moses, the Israelites, the children of Israel, now today known as the Jewish people, wherever we are on earth, are to uh, to observe the Shabbat, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. And actually the word there in Hebrew is a covenant forever. Berit Olam, a covenant that has no end, okay? To celebrate it forever in their generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Why? For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And so right here, you have the first thing that God calls holy, God commands the children of Israel to observe. When? Until somebody comes up with a better tradition later on? No, forever. Until somebody changes their mind and says it should be another day of the week? No, forever. Until it's no longer convenient and we live in a modern industrialized society where people are expected to never stop? No, forever. Okay, so I think I've made my point. And why are we doing that? Because we remember God rested on the seventh day of creation. And also, it's understood in Judaism, the second thing you're remembering on the Shabbat is that God delivered us from Egypt. Why does that matter? In essence, we're saying we're remembering that the fact that we even can rest on a day called Shabbat, the seventh day from Friday at sunset till Saturday at sunset, is because there was a time in history, Carly, when we couldn't, when we were slaves in Egypt and when we were driven by the agenda and by the work mandates of another culture and another man, namely Pharaoh. And so we're remembering that even the ability to rest is a privilege God bought us when he delivered us from slavery. So, as are both of the scriptures you're looking at are from the Old Testament. Right. Is Shabbat, as in Saturday, still a thing in the New Testament? 
That's a loaded question. Uh, But did Jesus practice Shabbat on a Saturday? Jesus totally practiced Shabbat. And I think what we have to remember, you know, because everybody's going, well, wait a minute. Remember when Jesus and his disciples picked the heads of grain and he was confronted by the rabbis? And we start to we start to write this narrative. uh, And this is kind of what we want to talk about today. Right. We we need to be careful not to take snippets of scripture or of historical account and then write narrative or actually overwrite historic realities based on our current understanding of things. So we do another episode on the Shabbat where I think we unpack this a little bit more about what was Jesus doing there. But in short, did Jesus cancel the Shabbat when he says even the Son of Man is Lord of the Shabbat? No, he's reinterpreting the rabbinic understanding of that time of the Shabbat, which became so complex with laws and mandates and sub-laws that the Shabbat itself that was meant to be a time to remember our freedom actually became burdensome to the Jewish people. So was Jesus canceling the laws of Moses and rewriting and inventing another religion, which I think is part of the Jewish misunderstanding of Jesus and of what it means to be a follower of him? No. Jesus says very clearly, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest marking in the law of Moses will pass away because I haven't come to abolish it, I've come to fulfill it. And so we need to understand that what Jesus is doing and saying, yeah, you can pick grain and eat on the Shabbat, is he's not saying you don't have to rest anymore in the Shabbat, the Sabbath doesn't matter. He's saying man's sustenance, man's ability to eat and survive is more important than his making sure that in the appearance of the people around him, he's not doing anything that could be considered work. Because the highest governing principle in Judaism, even today, believe Jewish believers in Jesus or not, is the idea of lechaim, to life. That God is a God who cares for life. Be it the life of man, be it the life of the animals on the ground, he cares about life. The individual life matters to him. And so Jesus is saying, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm telling you, if you need to do what some might consider work, namely taking your hand and grabbing some grain and putting it in your mouth, for the purposes of surviving and being sustained, do it. Because I care more about your life than I care about how you look in the appearance of those around you. Anyway, more on that in the in the Shabbat episode. But all that to say, is Shabbat still a thing during New Testament times? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Remember, Jesus is preaching in the synagogues on Shabbat. Well, if Jesus did away with the Shabbat, then what business is he doing up in Capernaum in the Galilee region, opening a scroll and reading from it on Shabbat? Jesus was a Jewish rabbi who kept the commandments of Israel. And actually, how do we know that? Because in order for him to die for all of our sins, Jewish or Gentile alike, he had to be a pure and spotless lamb without sin. Well, what was, what was sin? It was disobeying the commandments of God. And so how do we know that Jesus kept the Shabbat? Because it was a commandment to Israel and Jesus was found without sin. So necessarily, he didn't disobey the law of Moses. Yeah. Okay. So from the Jewish perspective, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Shabbat is on the seventh day. It's a commandment. This is why Jewish people meet on Saturdays. Right. So let's kind of fast forward to to the New Testament. Okay. In John 20, verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, which we both agree would be Sunday. Right. Because it's that same Jewish calendar, the Jewish week. Right. Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already removed from the tomb. So Jesus died or Jesus resurrects on Sunday. And then later in John 20, 
verse 19, it says, Now it was evening on that day, so still Sunday, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, the disciples were together. Um, so they're gathering together. So, okay, it's Sunday. We we've, we say we both agree that Jesus rose on Sunday. They're right. gathering. But the verse that I really want you to talk about is in Acts 20. Okay. And again, it says, on the first day of the week. So we both agree this is Sunday. It says, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. So to me, this sounds like the Jews are now gathering on Sunday. So The Jewish believers in Jesus. Right. right. When did they stop gathering on Saturday and instead start gathering on Sunday? Right. And thank you for asking it the way you did, because embedded in your question is an assumption that I want to challenge, right? If we, we, we see in the biblical account that those first followers of Jesus, pretty much all of whom, if not all of whom entirely, were Jewish, right? These are Jewish men and women who had believed in Jesus during his life and ministry on earth, who had seen him die on a cross, and then had seen him, along with hundreds of others, walk around in a resurrected body for weeks after that Sunday, as you said, that first day of the week when he walks out of the grave, right? So this is, this is a reality for these men and women who are believers in him. And you're right, there's, there's passage after passage. You read a couple of them where it says on the first day of the week or an evening on the first day of the week, they're meeting. Well, why are they doing that? I would put forward two answers, okay? One is, I think that those first believers were commemorating this first day of the week when Jesus resurrected. And we have to remember, for, for, I mean, for all of us as believers, Jew and Gentile alike, even today, and, you know, we're recording this in 2022, right? The reality of the resurrection of Jesus, him walking out of the grave, is the most important in terms of the, the confidence we have in our faith event ever in the history of the world. Yes, he died on the cross, but anybody could have said, I'm dying for sin, and then been killed by the Romans, right? That, that could have happened to anybody. But Jesus walking out of a grave three days and three nights after he dies confirms that he had authority over the grave. And so we have to remember the significance of that event on that Sunday morning was huge for these believers. And so weeks and months, even years, as, as the body of believers in the known world at that time grows, there would have been every reason to say, hey, let's get together over and over on the first day of the week and remember what happened this day, because it's the cornerstone we have for the confidence in our faith. So that's one of the reasons, I think, why they were meeting on the first day and why that became normative. But the other one is we have to remember the Jewish context. Right, that the New Testament scriptures, by and large, I don't think our Christian audience thinks about this a lot, were written by Jewish men to Jewish people about how Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. And of course, how you know we see in the account of Peter and the sheep being lowered from heaven, how the gospel is for all people's tribes and tongues, because Jesus died for all. God so loved the world, you know, the world that he gave his only begotten son. But the context of these scriptures is a Jewish world where people are observing Jewish customs and really observing the law of Moses as best they could. And remember, the commandment on Shabbat is to cease from your work and rest. Now, the way that the rabbis interpreted that, and frankly today, the way that really observant or religious Jewish communities interpret 
uh, cease from your work and rest is there was a mandated maximum amount of distance, Carly, that was considered a Sabbath day's journey. We see that actually in the New Testament. You know, it was more than a Sabbath day's journey from this place to this place. And what that meant was you can't go. If you walk more than a certain amount of distance or take your donkey, you know, or take your cart pulled by oxen or whatever, more than a certain amount of distance or today in 2022, if you turn on your car to go somewhere, you're violating the commandments of the Sabbath. So it would have been problematic for groups of Jewish believers from all over the Galilee or from all over the city of Jerusalem to meet together and worship on Shabbat as believers and, you know, fellowship and break bread, you know, uh, commemorate that communion that Jesus instituted on that Passover supper before he goes to die because they were too far apart from one another to get together within the rabbinic interpretation of Jewish laws at that time. So the problematic nature of believers coming together to worship on Saturday and the commemoration of that most important uh, first day of the week in the year Jesus dies and resurrects were some of the reasons why it would have been practical and even appropriate for believers to meet on Sunday on that first day of the week as a normative experience. But to answer the second part of your question, why did Jewish believers stop worshiping on Shabbat and start worshiping on Sunday? We don't see anywhere in the scriptures where Jewish believers in Jesus stopped keeping the Shabbat. So they really, they were keeping the Shabbat and then they were worshiping or honoring the Lord's, the Lord's resurrection on Sunday. Right. And do I have a scripture I can point to where it says, and the Jewish people kept Shabbat on Saturday, and then they met Sunday to celebrate their faith in the resurrected Messiah? No, I don't. But we can, we can pull on a couple things here. Jesus, like we said, uh, you know, and his disciples were in the synagogues on Shabbat. So that plus him saying, I haven't come to abolish the law, I've come to fulfill it, means he didn't tell anybody to stop keeping Shabbat, to stop that fourth commandment of remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The other scripture or group of scriptures I'm thinking of is later on in the New Testament as uh, the body of Messiah, these followers of Jesus, many of whom were Jewish, uh, th th that body's growing throughout the known world. Paul says, everywhere I went, I went to the synagogue first. Well, if you go to the synagogue on a Tuesday afternoon, it's probably going to be mostly empty. If Paul wanted to be going, if, if Paul wanted to uh, have audience with the Jewish community to share, hey, I know who the Messiah is, it's Yeshua of Nazareth, and he's resurrected and ascended, he probably would have done that on the time when the synagogues were fullest, and that would have been on the Shabbat because Jewish people are worshiping, like you said, on Saturdays. So Paul, everywhere he goes, is going to the synagogue, most likely on Saturday, as well as meeting with the body of believers that became more and more non-Jewish or Gentile, most likely on the day when it became customary or normative for them to meet on Sundays. Is it to say Paul only went to the synagogue on, synagogue on Saturdays, on Shabbat, and only met with, Jew, with uh, groups of believers on Sunday? No, but that would have been the normative experience at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That that divides it between you know the Jewish people are uh, honoring the the Sabbath within their Jewish context and culture, and then um, you know back in that time, some of them were gathering to honor Sunday right. on that day, and now Christians or those who believe in Jesus, whether it's Jewish believers in Jesus or those who are not Jewish, gather right. on Sunday to honor right. Resurrection Sunday. 
One of the other verses I wanted to ask you about is in Revelation. It's Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. Okay. Um, And so here, well, I'll start from verse 9 just for context. John is saying, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And then here's verse 10. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a a loud voice like a trumpet. So then he goes on from there. So my question is there. He's saying on the Lord's day, is this John referring to the Lord's day as Shabbat or the Lord's day as Resurrection Sunday? What is he talking about here? Is he a Jewish believer now saying, you know, the Lord's day is Sunday? Right. And unfortunately, like if you Google the Lord's day, you're going to find this verse because it's the only place in the New Testament where it says this phrase, right? The Lord's day. But then you're going to find a lot of commentary on people saying, you see, Jesus said he was Lord of the Sabbath, and then John said the Lord's day, therefore John is declaring Sunday to be the new Sabbath. First of all, that's a lot of theological gymnastics. And again, back to the thing we said at the the top of this episode, Carly, we have to be careful not to interpret our current normative experience backwards to become a biblical mandate which actually doesn't exist. So what's my point there? Today, like you said, if in most Christian circles, if you say the Lord's day, what are people going to automatically, you know, it's an easy answer, right? It's Sunday. Why do we say that? Because most churches in the world, the vast majority in fact, meet on Sundays out of tradition and many even cease working, right? Like in some Christian parts of the United States, you know, like deep south, businesses are closed on Sunday. And you say, well, why do you do that, Mr. and Mrs. Jones? And they say, well, because we, you know, we're Christians and it's the Lord's day. Okay, so you're saying, let's unpack the language a little bit. What you're saying is that you're worshiping on Sunday as part of your normative Christian experience, and part of your worship is that you're ceasing from your work and taking a Sabbath day, which is also Sunday. Fine. I, I can go with that. That I agree. Like, you know, look around the world. It doesn't matter. Catholic, uh, Protestant, Evangelical, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Anglican, whatever— People, you know, the the church by and large meets on Sunday, and many call that their rest day, though not all. So now let's look at that tricky passage in Revelation 1. Again, the vast majority of the New Testament is written by by Jewish men writing in many cases, to other Jewish men. Is the book of Revelation Revelation written only to Jewish believers? No, it's written to all believers. But John was actually Yohanan. That's his Hebrew name. He's a Jewish believer in Yeshua. And he's on this island. And so what does it mean when he says the Lord's Day? Let's not, first of all, take what the Lord's Day means in Christian America or the Christian world in 2022 and apply that back to say, you see, it was Sunday. Could it have been a Sunday? Could Yohanan, could John have been referring to the Lord's Day, meaning the day that Jesus resurrected, that we commemorated that every week? It could be. But am I ready to say that's definitely what was happening? No, I'm not. Now, Could the Lord's Day have been Shabbat, Saturday? Would it have been likely that John, as a Jewish believer, worshiping the Messiah who said, I've come to fulfill the law, not abolish it, would have been resting and worshiping God on a Shabbat? And that because Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, that's what he meant by the Lord's Day? Could be. Am I ready to say that's definitely what was happening? No. But there's a third option we don't hardly ever discuss that I think is also possible. And, you know, it goes back to that idea that the Lord's Day 
it's only said there in Revelation 1.10. We don't see that phrase elsewhere in the New Testament. So I think whenever we see a phrase that's sort of unique in the Bible, we should look at anywhere else where it might have been said. And for that, Carly, we have to go back to the Hebrew prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah. They use the phrase. It's in Hebrew, not the Greek that the New Testament was written in, but they say the day of the Lord, which is also, of course, the Lord's day. So is it possible that what what Yohanan, what John the Jewish believer, you know, kind of exiled on Patmos is doing is he's saying, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, meaning I was in the spirit and in the spirit, what I was seeing was the day of the Lord. And what business do we have making that jump? Because it says immediately thereafter, and I heard a trumpet behind me. And he's saying, then I saw the Lord. I saw Yeshua. I saw Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb slain in glory. Okay. Is he seeing that physically in front of him on the island of Patmos? No. He's saying, I'm seeing it through the eyes of the Spirit. So I would say the third option that could be possible here is John's actually saying, I was in the Spirit, and in the Spirit it was the day of the Lord, and I saw Jesus in glory. Am I ready to like die on that hill and say that's definitely what was happening? No. But I'm also not ready to say it was a Sunday or a Saturday necessarily. And again, I think what we have to be careful to do here isn't to take what we understand to be our normative experience as believers in Jesus and then work that backwards and try to create biblical proof text for for God commanding uh, what's our normative experience. So this isn't a proof text for all of the sudden now Sunday is the day that, you know, all Jews are practicing because he was Jewish and saying that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's we have to hold in one hand the idea that the Shabbat is a commandment forever for Israel, and in the other hand, the, I think, biblical reality that the normative cadence or time frame for the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the worship and the sharing of testimony for believing communities, Jewish and Gentile, became Sundays, became the first day of the week. So does that mean that one supersedes or cancels the other? No. And that's where I'll say, you know, you have a unique situation for Messianic Jews, uh, Jewish believers in Jesus. Messianic Jews are worshiping Jesus as Jewish men and women. And we, because I consider myself a Messianic Jew, a Jewish believer in Jesus, uh, absolutely believe Jesus is the Messiah, the the good shepherd of the lost sheep of the house of Israel and the savior of all mankind. And, and we feel this enduring, more than feel, we live out this enduring, I think, commandment to be Jewish and stay Jewish because that makes us better or stronger or, you know, more faithful than anybody else on earth. No, uh, the opposite is true. In fact, God says you're the most stiff-necked and stubborn people, but he says, I'm commanding things forever for Israel because you're supposed to be a representation of my holiness and my truth and my justice and my mercy on the face of the earth. And so Messianic Jewish or a lot of Jewish believing communities are worshiping on Saturday kind of as the amalgamation of our faith in Jesus and the normative experience of gathering together as Jewish men and women on the seventh day of the week every week, according to what God commanded us to do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is, like you said, it's a little bit in between. Right. But I want to go back to this, just this idea of taking a verse out of context. I think there's a good 
warning here that sometimes we do that when we're reading the Bible. We see something, we're like, oh, this means this and this. We apply, you know, what's happening in current day and just that one verse. I think, like you said in in this example, the Lord's day, we need to look at other scriptures that say the day of the Lord and go back and do that so we're not coming to some theological conclusion based on one verse. Sure. And I think the other encouragement to our listeners from this episode is to really dig into the questions that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like this, if someone said, you know, well, why do Jewish people worship on Saturdays and Christians on Sundays? I don't know, you know, whatever. That's not something that, you know. Right. Look at the Bible, ask those questions. Don't be afraid of discovering those things. You know, you you don't want to have vague, confusing things about your faith because then you kind of lose that faith because you're not quite sure what it is that you really believe or, or what you're going to. And obviously we believe the Bible is the truth. So don't be afraid of digging into those things, just like this this specific question that was sent in. Right. And I think the third thing for our audience uh, in terms of a challenge today for all of us, you and me alike, Carly, is one of the agendas, if you will, of a Jew and a Gentile discuss is to introduce the idea, you know, that perhaps there's more room for conversation than uh, either party has realized. And I, my, my point there in, in, in light of, you know, the normative Christian experience of worshiping on Sundays and the eternal commandment for Jewish people to worship on Saturdays is for both groups, let's not take our normative experience and then assume that that's somehow a mandate from heaven that all people like me or even all people on the face of the earth are required to live out. You know, for, for the Christian audience, we don't see in the scriptures where Jesus says, and you shalt worship on Sundays to commemorate my resurrection. Is it great that that's a shared experience in the Christian world? Sure. Does that make Jewish people or anyone else for that matter fundamentally disobedient for not choosing that day of the week, that first day of the week to worship? No. And, uh, you know, for the Jewish community as well, as we think about the Christian community, you know, let's be careful when we say, well, the Christians are against us because Jesus said, whatever we're about to say to finish that sentence better be something actually in the New Testament written and not something we've heard about him or about what he said or about his people. So that, I think, is our encouragement. And when we, when we talk about all these issues, generally, the, way, the place we're starting, Carly, for our audience isn't what we think and what we've heard and what our opinion is. We're saying, what does the Bible actually have to say? And let's use that as our foundation. And what we might find, Jewish or Christian, is that we have more common ground to start our conversation, our discussions with, than what we thought if we start with the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's a great point to end on is we want the Bible to be the main focus and not our opinions or the different things around us. So thanks again to the listener who sent in this question. Super helpful, a great topic for us to talk about, and we hope this cleared it up for you. For those who listened from the beginning of the podcast, we mentioned that there's a chance for you to win our Lost Tribes coffee. You can do that by going to a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org and entering your name. We give away a free bag of coffee every month, so you can enter each month. 
Uh, Thanks again for listening to this episode today. If you want to hear other episodes of our podcast, subscribe to this podcast so you get notifications every time we put out a new one. You can also find us on all the different podcast platforms. Please leave us a review or share this with someone who you think may be interested. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. Ask your questions, leave any comments. We love to hear from you. And thanks again so much for listening this week. Join us next week for another episode. The show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International. Thank you.